is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. Wise guys. These guys know sports. Wise guys. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. And welcome to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here live on Wise Guys Sports on the Worldwide Sports Network on this Thursday, September the 29th. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. We are here in the Queen City. Thursday night football is upon us. It's going down tonight. Tua versus Joe Burrow in the jungle. Dolphins, Bengals, 8.15 p.m. tonight, live on Amazon Prime. So excited for that matchup. I'm going to talk about that matchup and give my prediction for the outcome of that big-time matchup tonight in the AFC. That game is going to have major, major playoff implications. Also, we're going to talk about Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson it's going to be the Bills and Ravens Sunday afternoon in Baltimore. It's going to be a great matchup. And then Sunday night, to cap it all off, on NBC, we got Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium. Mike Evans should be back in the lineup for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that's going to be a great matchup Sunday night in Tampa. And by the way, before we start the show, I want to give my thoughts and prayers to all the families that were affected by the hurricane that took place in Tampa Bay. I'm praying for everyone's safety. I'm praying that everyone is safe and in a good place and, and able to be safe and live their lives because hurricanes and, and, and bad weather are something, it's something that can be detrimental. And, it's, and we've had some devastating times in the history in our, in our, in our nation. So I definitely want to send my thoughts and prayers to those impacted by the hurricane down there in the state of Florida. But call into the show, 513-203-8655. That's 513-203-8655. Call in, give me your prediction for the big game tonight with the Miami Dolphins, who are 3-0, and the Cincinnati Bengals, who are 1-2 on the season. Two big-time teams in the AFC Two teams who have Super Bowl aspirations is going to get it on tonight in the jungle. Call in, give me your prediction for that game. And also, give me your prediction for the entire NFL week four. So many great games. And we're going to start off tonight with this Thursday night matchup and begin in the jungle. It's the 3-0 Miami Dolphins traveling to Cincinnati to take on the 1-2 Cincinnati Bengals. It's an 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time start. Amazon Prime Video is where you can watch this game. If you're local here in Cincinnati, you can watch this game on Channel 9, WCPO. And I had a question the other day on the Wise Guys Twitter page, and I asked, who is going to win this game? And I'm going to look at my results right now on Twitter. We got 50%. It's, it's, it's a tie between the Dolphins and the Bengals. So 50% of people believe the Dolphins are going to win tonight, and 50% believes 
the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win the game tonight. So that's a tie on the voting for who wins tonight. So let's break down this matchup. This will be my first wise pick of NFL Week 4. And by the way, last week I went 10-5 and five in my NFL Week 3 wise picks. So not bad. 10-5 and five is pretty impressive. Want to do better this week. What messed me up last week was those damn 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo. I had the 49ers beating the Denver Broncos, and that didn't happen. So that messed me up on Sunday night. And then Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, they messed me up because the Dallas Cowboys and Cooper Rush, they came back and beat Daniel Jones and the New York Giants in the Meadowlands on Monday night. So going into the Sunday night matchup with the 49ers and Broncos, I was 10-3 and three in week three, and then those two losses by the 49ers and Giants, they both dropped me to 10-5 and five for my week three last picks. Let's have a better week this week. Let's start off in Cincinnati, big-time matchup, Dolphins, Bengals. So when I look at this matchup, let's talk about the quarterbacks first. Let's start off with Tua Tagovailoa. So when you look at Tua so far in his career, since he's been a member of the Miami Dolphins, Tua has 35 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. He has 5,392 passing yards for his career. He's completed 67% of his passes since he's been in the NFL. And so for Tua, when he came into the NFL, I said of that draft class, I believe Tua was going to have a better career then Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. I was wrong because so far into his career, I believe that Tua is an average quarterback. I don't believe Tua is a terrible quarterback, but I don't believe that Tua is an elite quarterback either. There are a lot of young quarterbacks right now in the NFL that I would currently take over Tua, and I'm going to name a few. Despite the Las Vegas Raiders being 0-3, I would take Derek Carr over Tua. I would take Kyler Murray over Tua. I would take Justin Herbert over Tua. Joe Burrow as well over Tua. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Those are some of the quarterbacks that I would take over Tua. The only young quarterback that I can think of that right now I currently wouldn't take Tua over is Mac Jones. He's the only one. Because I got my questions about Mac Jones. I don't know if Mac Jones is going to be able to feel the shoes of a Tom Brady. So I got my questions about Mac Jones overall. But he's the only young quarterback that I would take and put below Tua. Like Zach Wilson as well. He's he's a rookie. So he, he's in his first season. But there's a lot of young quarterbacks that I would take over Tua. But again, Tua is not a terrible quarterback. He's he's not he's not a quarterback that you can't win football games with. You can win games with Tua. But so far since he's been the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, I believe Tua has underachieved and this is why in previous years we have seen former head coach Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins, we saw that the Miami Dolphins were in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes because they didn't believe that Tua 
was a franchise quarterback that you could build your team around. We've seen it the last few years where Brian Flores, who, by the way, I don't believe he deserved to get fired. Now, Mike McDaniel was doing a hell of a job as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. But I don't believe that Brian Flores deserved to lose his job. Nevertheless, Brian Flores, he was interested in the services of Deshaun Watson. And also, last year, we saw Ryan Fitzpatrick come in and have to finish games for the Miami Dolphins. And that was a red flag for me. And it was alarming because it's telling me that Brian Flores does not trust Tua Tagovailoa to finish games. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a journeyman quarterback. He's never been an elite quarterback. He's never been the type of quarterback that you can build your franchise around. But it was telling to me that Brian Flores, last year, late in football games, he had to insert Ryan Fitzpatrick to finish games because he did not trust Tua to finish games. That was telling to me. And when you look at Tua as a quarterback and his skill set, he doesn't have great arm strength. In order for Tua to be accurate and on point with his throws, he has to anticipate throws, similar to Peyton Manning. Now, he's nowhere near the caliber of quarterback Peyton Manning was, but Peyton Manning never had great arm strength like Patrick Mahomes or like Aaron Rodgers or like a Justin Herbert. Peyton Manning was great because he always knew what opposing defenses were throwing at him, and he was great at anticipating throws. That's how Tua is going to be effective in the NFL. He doesn't have great arm strength. Now, I do believe that it's a possibility that Tua, if he maxes out to his best potential, he could possibly play similar to the way that Drew Brees played. He's not going to be as great as Drew Brees was, but that's his style, and I believe that's the recipe for him to be a franchise quarterback that you can build around. But so far in his young career, I believe he has underachieved. Again, he's not a terrible quarterback, but I believe he's average. And he's someone that you don't win because of Tua. You win in spite of Tua. Now, he could prove me wrong as the season goes along because they now have elite weapons in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. You got Shiseski at tight end. In the backfield, you got Edmonds. You got Mozart as well in the backfield. You got a great offensive play caller in Mike McDaniel. So this year could be the best season of Tua's career so far. But so far, I think he is an average quarterback. You need a great team around Tua in order for him to be successful. And I think that's exactly how this Miami Dolphins team is currently built. Now, let's switch gears and talk about Joe Burrow. We all know in college. Joe Burrow was sensational. In 2019, at LSU, Joe Burrow, he had a season for the ages. He had 60 touchdowns, six interceptions. He had 5,671 passing yards. He completed 76% of his passes that season when he won the Heisman Trophy at LSU. 60 touchdowns, six interceptions completing 76% of his passes for 5,671 passing yards. Sensational season by Joe Burrow. 
that season, Joe Burrow did have elite weapons to throw the ball to. He had Jamar Chase. He had Justin Jefferson. He had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the backfield. That LSU team was loaded. And Joe Burrow took advantage of his opportunity. And he had a great season in 2019. And so far, since he's been in the NFL, Joe Burrow has proved to be one of the best young quarterbacks that we have in the NFL so far in his career. Joe Burrow has 53 touchdowns, 23 interceptions, 8,111 passing yards. He has completed 68% of his passes. Last year, Joe Burrow was sacked a league high 51 times last year. And Joe Burrow still threw for 31 or 34 touchdown passes and only 14 interceptions, had over 4,600 passing yards. And the man got sacked 51 times last year. Led the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl. They went on an improbable Super Bowl run last year. No one saw the Bengals going on that run that they went on last year in the playoffs, beating the Raiders on wild card weekend, going to Tennessee and beating Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans in the, in the AFC Championship game. They were trailing at the half, and Kansas City had all the momentum, and the Bengals came back in that game because of Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow is a resilient quarterback. Again, last year, I thought he was a dark horse for NFL MVP. 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 4,611 passing yards. I can't say enough about the job that Joe Burrow has done since he's been in the NFL, and some players are just natural winners. And I think that's what the Cincinnati Bengals organization has in Joe Burrow. I don't believe that Joe Burrow is, you know, the most physically gifted quarterback in the NFL. I don't believe Joe Burrow has the arm strength that Justin Herbert has. I don't think Joe Burrow has the athleticism that Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes has. But Joe Burrow has the DNA to be a franchise quarterback because he is a winner. He is a winner. And I'm going to be honest. I said this last year watching Joe Burrow throughout the course of the playoffs when the Bengals went on their run last year. I said that when I compare young quarterbacks to legends who are going into the Hall of Fame, I compare Patrick Mahomes to Aaron Rodgers. I compare Joe Burrow to Tom Brady. That's how great Joe Burrow is and how he is a winner because he is a great leader. You, you can tell that this Cincinnati Bengals team, they rally around their young quarterback in Joe Burrow, and they love to play for number nine. He's a winner. So I can't say enough about the job that Joe Burrow has done so far in his career. And I was wrong coming out of that draft. I said Tua was going to have the best career between him, Burrow, and Herbert. So far, it's been all about Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. He's shown flashes that he can be a franchise quarterback and a quarterback that the L.A. Chargers can build their team around. But Joe Burrow, it, it, the Bengals got him. They got them a, a dog at quarterback. They got them a, a keeper. And like the, like the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, when you get these franchise quarterbacks, you have these franchise quarterbacks for a good 20 years. Tom Brady was in New England for close to 20 years. Aaron Rodgers, he's in his 18th season in Green Bay. 
it's a great possibility that Joe Burrow is going to be in Cincinnati playing for the Bengals franchise for the next 20 years. So when you have that caliber of quarterback, you're going to be a Super Bowl contender year in and year out. And that's the difference between Joe Burrow and Tua. Tua needs pieces around him to be effective. Joe Burrow can be effective on his own, in his own right, and win football games. So, again, like looking at these two quarterbacks, they did play in college against each other. They met twice, but the second time in the 2019 LSU-Alabama matchup, they combined for 811 passing yards, seven touchdowns in that game. Joe Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa, 811 passing yards, seven touchdowns in 2019, LSU versus Alabama. And Joe Burrow, he got the best of two of that day, and he won that matchup between the two. And so far, he's been the better quarterback so far in the NFL. Now, tonight, when it comes to which quarterback would I rather have, I believe that that Cincinnati Bengals defense, I haven't really been impressed with that defense overall. So far this season, and I know Bengals fans don't want to hear this, but it's the truth, and they need to hear it. So far this season, the Bengals defensively have not been impressive to me. Week one, you go up against Mitchell Trubisky. Give me a break. Week two, instead of playing Dak Prescott, they had to play Cooper Rush. And then week three, they had to play Joe Burrow. So I have not been impressed with the Cincinnati Bengals defense so far this season. Tonight, this will be the biggest test of the Bengals defensively so far this season. It's the biggest game of the season so far overall. But for that Bengals defense, this Dolphins offense will be their biggest challenge so far this season. Steelers, Jets, Cowboys do not compare to what the Bengals are going to see tonight when they go up against Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And in the backfield, you got Mozart and you got Edmonds. So I want to see how good this Bengals defense really is. I want to see if they can live up to the hype because I've been hearing a lot of Bengals fans talk about how great this Bengals defense is. Now, last year, I'll give the Bengals defense credit because last year I thought defensive coordinator Lou Adamaral, his group was the driving force for the Bengals getting to the Super Bowl. Now, in the regular season last year, the Bengals' offense was the strength of the team. But as the season went along last year, and once we got into the postseason, it was the Bengals' defense that led them to their Super Bowl. It wasn't the offense. As crazy as it is to think about, and we know they got elite weapons at Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Joe Mixon in the backfield and Joe Burrow at the helm, but it was that Bengals' defense that was impressive during their playoff run. Now, you look at their defense up front. You got Sam Hubbard. You got Trey Henderson, two nice pass rushers on that defense. You got B.J. Hill, but I believe he's actually out. No, I'm sorry, it's D.J. Reader who's out. D.J. Reader, he had a rough injury last week against the Jets. He's going to be out for a while. They still got B.J. Hill. You still got Logan Wilson at linebacker. You got Jermaine Pratt. I think his status for tonight is uncertain. He's listed as questionable for tonight's game. And then in that secondary, 
who Tyreek Hill did call out earlier in the week. Tyreek Hill already said he wants Eli Apple tonight, and he wants him in a one-on-one matchup. Let me read this, this quote from Tyreek Hill. He said, quote, I can't wait to go against Eli Apple, man. I owe you, boy. I owe you. I'm here. The cheetah is here. So that was Tyreek Hill on his week four matchup against Eli Apple tonight. I can't wait to see that matchup. Eli Apple versus Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill will have the advantage because I don't believe in Eli Apple. I don't think Eli Apple was very good. I've always been consistent with the belief that in that Bengals secondary, Eli Apple is the weakness of their defense to me. Overall, I actually believe that the Bengals secondary overall is average. I don't really like their corners. I do like their safeties. I like Jesse Bates. I like the rookie Dax Hill. I like Von Bell. But I don't like Eli Apple and Nazawuki on the other side. I never really believed in those two cornerbacks for the Bengals. But I like Bell and I like Bates a lot. And I like their pass rushers that they have up front with Sam Hubbard and Trey Henderson. So we're going to see what this Bengals defense is made of. Because tonight they got to go up against an elite duo in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Let's talk about Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill because we, we, we've been talking about the Bengals defense. Let's talk about the Dolphins offense. So far this season, this is the dynamic duo of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, their impact. Hill and Waddle, they have 40 catches. The rest of the team has 32 catches. Receiving yards, Hill and Waddle has 659 receiving yards. The rest of the team has 266 receiving yards. Hill and Waddle has five touchdowns. The rest of the team has three touchdowns. Receiving first downs, Hill and Waddle have 29. The rest of the team have 14. I said before the season, when the Miami Dolphins traded for Tyreek Hill, I said it's a great possibility the Miami Dolphins could have two receivers have over 1,000 yards receiving this season. That's how dynamic Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle is. And I believe that this year was the year for Tua to take his game to the next level because he has two dynamic receivers in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle been balling for me on my fantasy team. He's been balling for me, doing a great job, and he's been doing his thing. So, again, I love the combination of having Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Everybody go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. You should follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys. No sports. So that's the matchup that I'm looking forward to when I look at the Dolphins offense versus the Bengals defense. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle versus Eli Apple and Nawazuki, their other cornerback. I think that if the Dolphins can establish the running game in any kind of capacity, and that's been a struggle for the Dolphins so far this season, and that was what I talked about last night with Yanni Caracas when I had him on Wise Guys on the Worldwide Sports Network. Go and check that interview out. I talked about the Dolphins being able to establish the running game with Edmonds and Mozart in the backfield. If they can establish the running game and – have that rushing attack at an elite level, that's going to open up the passing game for 
Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle to be explosive. Offensively, if the Dolphins are able to run the football, that's going to be key for tonight. That's going to be key. And I think that could open up the, the game for Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle to be successful. Their X factor to me is going to be their tight end. Jacecki, I believe that if he can have a great night, that's also going to help this Dolphins offense be able to flourish. Mike Jacecki, he I, they I talked to Yanni the other day, who was on my show, Miami Dolphins reporter. He said that Jacecki was in training camp. He had to compete against other tight ends on that Dolphins team. So he didn't have a great camp, but he did catch a touchdown pass in the matchup in week two against the Ravens. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Bengals' defense attacks this Dolphins' offense. It's going to be interesting because you look at in week two for the Miami Dolphins, they got outgained by the Buffalo Bills. In that game, the Miami Dolphins' offense only had 212 total yards of offense. So Buffalo had 497 total yards of offense. The Dolphins had 212 total yards of offense. So they, they they weren't firing on all cylinders in week three. Now, in week two, the Dolphins were impressive. That was the week when they beat the Ravens 42 to 38. And remember, going into the fourth quarter of that game, the Dolphins, they trailed the Baltimore Ravens 35 to 14 going into the fourth quarter of that game. The Dolphins outscored the Ravens 28-3 to in the fourth quarter. And Tua had arguably the best game of his career that, that afternoon. Tua went 36 of 50. He had 469 passing yards, six touchdowns. He did have two interceptions, but that was the best game of Tua's career. He was sensational in that game. So I'm, I, I can't wait to see the matchup between the Dolphins offense and the Bengals defense. Now, let's switch gears to the Bengals offense versus the Dolphins defense. So far this season, even though the Miami Dolphins are 3-0, I believe there is room for improvement for their defense. In week three, Josh Allen, he had close to 500 total yards of offense against that Dolphins defense. In week two, Lamar Jackson put up 38 on that Dolphins defense. Week one, they played Mac Jones and the Patriots. They only scored seven points. They're, they're irrelevant. But so far this season, I haven't been impressed with the Dolphins defense either. I have not been impressed. They did get key stops at key moments against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills in week three. But they gave up close to 500 total yards on the afternoon. Now, the one thing I will say for the Miami Dolphins defense is they held Stephon Diggs in check. Stephon Diggs in week three, he only had seven receptions for 74 receiving yards. So anytime you hold Stephon Diggs under 100 yards receiving, I would say that you had overall a great afternoon at containing Stefan Diggs. Anytime you can hold an elite receiver to under 100 yards receiving, that's pretty impressive. And so they did a great job against Stefan Diggs in week three. Let's see what they can do against Jamar Chase in week four because just like the Dolphins have an elite 
offense and elite weapons, Bengals got elite weapons as well. They got Jamar Chase. They got T. Higgins, two of the best young receivers that we have in the NFL. And I look at what Jamar Chase and T. Higgins has done so far this season. They got 34 receptions, 403 receiving yards, three touchdowns. So they're a great dynamic duo at the receiver position as well. They really, really are. And then they got Tyler Boyd. So I believe you got to pick your poison when you play in the Cincinnati Bengals. That's how great their receiving core is. I think the Bengals have the best receiving core in the NFL. Outside of maybe Tampa, you could say it's 1A and 1B because Tampa got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones. I think the Bengals got the best receiving core in the NFL. And so, you know, I'm going, I'm looking at that Dolphins defense, and I want to see if they can contain Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Now, the cornerbacks for the Miami Dolphins, they're they're decent as well. I like Zadavian Howard. I think he's pretty good. Their other DB is Nick Needham. He's okay. But I like the Bengals receivers against the Dolphins defensive backs as well. Similar to the way, like I said earlier when I said, oh, I like the Dolphins receivers against the Bengals defensive backs. I like the Bengals receivers against the Dolphins defensive backs as well. I think Joe Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa are both going to have great nights. That I, like I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Initially, I said this game would be low-scoring, but the more I look at the matchup, the more I believe this is going to be a high-scoring affair. I think that Joe Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa are going to have over 200 passing yards tonight, and I believe that whichever receiving duo has the better statistical game, that team will win the game tonight. I think an X factor, though, in this game is going to be Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon hasn't had a breakout game yet this year. I mean, you look at Joe Mixon's numbers so far this season. Joe Mixon on the season has 163 rushing yards, 58 carries, no touchdowns yet for Joe Mixon this year. None. And that's something that we're not used to seeing because Joe Mixon is electrifying and he's a big part of this Bengals offense. I think if Joe Mixon can have a good game and the Bengals can create running lanes for Joe Mixon, I think the Bengals can put up a lot of points tonight against this Dolphins defense. So I think Joe Mixon is the X factor because he's the best running back on the field. I like the Bengals rushing attack with Joe Mixon more than I like the Dolphins rushing attack with Edmonds and Mozart. So that's going to be key. Want to see? I want to see a breakout game from Mixon. Also, Bengals offensive line, they must protect Joe Burrow. First two games of the season, Bengals gave up 13 sacks. 13 sacks that Bengals offensive line gave up. In the Jets game, they only gave up two sacks. So that offensive line, I got, I'm going to call all of them out tonight on the show. Center, Ted Karras, right guard, Alex Kappa, right tackle, Lyle Collins, Cordell Volson, left tackle, Jonah Williams. You got to protect Joe Burrow tonight in order for the Bengals to have a chance 
to beat the Dolphins. If the Dolphins have over three sacks in this game, I think the Dolphins win this game tonight in the jungle. That's going to be key. If the Bengals' offensive line can hold the Dolphins' front seven to three sacks or less and protect Joe Burrow, I think the Bengals win tonight in the jungle. But if the Dolphins' defense sacks Joe Burrow over three times, I think that's a recipe for success for the Miami Dolphins. Now, let's get to my prediction for this game tonight. Dolphins 3-0 on the season. Dolphins already have had impressive wins over the Ravens in Week 2, over the Bills in Week 3. They want to prove that they are not only contenders in the AFC East, that they are contenders overall in the AFC. And they want to get to where the Bengals were last year when they snuck up on some people. But we know that this Dolphins team, from top to bottom, is one of the best teams in the NFL. They got one of the most complete rosters in the NFL. I like McDaniel as head coach for the Dolphins. And it's only been three games, but I like what I've seen from Mike McDaniel. I really, really do. Look at the other side. This is the biggest game of the season so far for the Bengals. Bengals are 1-2 and two on the season. If the Bengals lose tonight and they fall to 1-3, and three, week 5, they got Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Week 6, they got Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. This is a must-win game tonight for the Cincinnati Bengals. Because if they don't win tonight and they fall to one and three, they could easily be after it'll be after the first six games of the season, they could easily be one and five. Because they could lose tonight. They could lose in week five against the Ravens and the Saints. They haven't been impressive so far this year. They haven't been very good, but it is the Saints. They got a championship DNA in that organization. So this is a must-win for the Cincinnati Bengals, and I know the city is buzzing. Everybody's excited, tailgating right now down at Foxworth Hall. Everyone around the city in the Queen City is excited for this matchup, but I got to be honest. I believe that the Miami Dolphins, they proved to me after beating the Buffalo Bills in Week 3 and beating Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens in Week 2, the Miami Dolphins, they proved to me that they are ready for prime time and they are here to contend in the AFC. I think tonight the Miami Dolphins beat the Cincinnati Bengals on Amazon Prime Video 24-21. Tua, 24, Joe Burrow, 21, and Tua finally beats Joe Burrow in prime time. That's what I got. I think it's going to be a close game. I think whichever team wins this game, whoever wins, it's going to be a game where it'll be less than a touchdown. Neither team is going to blow out the other team tonight. Call into the show, 513-203-8655, 513-203-8655. Give me your predictions for tonight's game. Marquee matchup at Paycar Stadium. It's a whiteout tonight at Paycar Stadium. And by the way, those Bengals uniforms, they fire. I got to be honest. They are fire. I love those uniforms. I do. I, I'm not a Bengal fan. Everybody know I rock with the Packers. But I can be honest when I see something and it's nice and it's swag. Bengals uniforms are swag. I love it.
The, I love the all whites. They, they fire. I give them credit for those. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Let's get to our NFL Week 4 Wise Picks. Again, last week I went 10 and 5 on the season. All right, for week three, I went 10 and 5. I want to improve on my wise picks to get most of these games right. So let's go to the first matchup. The Vikings, they are favored by three points over the New Orleans Saints. It's a 9.30 a.m. start because this game will be played in London. The over-under for this game is 43. I think this game is a must-win for the New Orleans Saints. I believe so far this season, the Saints have not lived up to expectations. I said the Saints were a playoff team coming into the season. They haven't looked like a playoff team so far in the first three games of the season. I think the Saints take care of business against the Minnesota Vikings. I think Winston outperforms Kirk Cousins in London. I got Saints beating the Vikings 20-17. to 17. The Chargers at Texans. The Chargers are favored by five points. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Houston. The over-under for this game is 44. Chargers are dealing with a lot of injuries right now. They did get good injury news. It's a great chance that Keenan Allen will return back to the field because he's missed the last two games. And Justin Herbert has been dealing with a rib injury. So the Chargers, in the early part of the season, they're in a must-win game against the Texans. I think the Chargers take care of business against the Texans, but I do believe it's going to be close. I'm rolling with the Chargers to beat the Texans. I'll go Chargers 24, Texans 17. I think the Texans keep this game close. I think Justin Herbert outlasts David Mills. Chargers 24, Texans 17. Justin Fields in the Chicago Bears are traveling to New York to take on Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. The Giants are favored by three points. It's a one o'clock kickoff. The over-under for this game is 39 and a half. I like Justin Fields more than I like Daniel Jones. So I believe that Justin Fields take care of a business against the Giants. I'm rolling with Justin Fields to beat Daniel Jones in New York. I'll go Bears. 21, Giants 20. Seahawks at Lions. Lions are favored by four and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff. The over-under for this game is 48. The Lions, they are one and two on the season, but they have been in every game this season, and they score a lot of points. Look at the totals so far this season for the Lions. In week one, they scored 35 against the Eagles in a loss. In week two, they beat the Commanders. They scored 36 points in that game. In week three, they scored 24 points against the Minnesota Vikings. And we know how good that Vikings defense is. Look at what they did to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in week one. They were only, were only able to score seven points in that game. So this Lions offense they can put up some points. You look at Jared Goff's numbers so far this season. 748 passing yards, seven touchdowns, two interceptions, 92.4 rating as a quarterback. So I think the Lions take care of business in Detroit over the Seattle Seahawks. I'm rolling with the Lions to beat the Seahawks 
I'll go Lions 31, Seahawks 24. I think it'll be high scoring because as much as the Lions score a lot of points and how elite their offense can be at times, their defense struggles to get stops. Lions 31, Seahawks 24. Another matchup that I'm looking forward to this weekend. Jaguars at Eagles. Eagles are favored by six and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Philly. The over-under for this game is 47. Trevor Lawrence versus Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. I like the way that the Jacksonville Jaguars have played so far this season. I really, really do. I like the hire of Doug Peterson. I don't believe Doug Peterson deserved to be fired when he coached the Philadelphia Eagles. So I like the fact that Doug Peterson is going to get an opportunity to go back to his old stomping grounds in Philadelphia at Lincoln Financial Field and try to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And then Doug Peterson so far as a head coach, he's done a tremendous job with Trevor Lawrence. You look at Trevor Lawrence so far this season, six touchdowns, one interception, 772 passing yards, 103.1 quarterback rating. So Trevor Lawrence is having a great sophomore season so far this year. He's been impressive. And last week, the way the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the L.A. Chargers, it showed me something. It really, really showed me something. Like, they put up 38 points on that Chargers defense in that game. The Jaguars had over 400 total yards for the game. Trevor Lawrence had over 250 passing yards. They completely dominated the Chargers from start to finish in that game. I think what we're seeing right now in Jacksonville is a culture change. I think Doug Peterson is changing the culture in Jacksonville. And I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be contenders in the AFC South for future seasons to come. But they ain't going to be competing this Sunday because I think the Philadelphia Eagles right now are the best team, not only in the NFC East, in the NFC overall. I've been impressed with the Philadelphia Eagles so far this season. I rolled with the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm rolling with the Eagles to win 28-17. I think Jacksonville keeps it close early, but the Eagles pull away in the second half and they start off the season 4-0. Jets at Steelers. Steelers are favored by three and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff at Heinz Field. The over-under for this game is 41 and a half. I know it's not no longer Heinz Field, but I still believe it's Heinz Field. It will always be Heinz Field in my eyes. This game is tough for me. I'm actually going to roll with the Jets because I don't believe in Mitchell Trubisky. And I think that right now, as crazy as it sounds, I believe that Joe Flacco could lead his team to a win more so than Mitchell Trubisky can. I don't believe Mitchell Trubisky whatsoever. I said it on Tuesday night's show that Mike Tomlin needs to make a change at quarterback. I don't believe that Mitchell Trubisky can win football games for the Pittsburgh Steelers to be contenders in the AFC. I think you need to see what the kid has and see what he's made of. Kenny Pickett already had experience playing at the University of Pittsburgh, so he's played in that stadium 
many, many times. So he's played many, many big games in that stadium. For his college career, I think Kenny Pickett had like 81 touchdowns, 32 interceptions. He was sensational at the University of Pittsburgh. I believe he has a higher ceiling than Mitchell Trubisky and what he currently is right now. I'm rolling with the Jets to beat the Steelers at Heinz Field. I'll go Jets 24, Steelers 21. Browns, who are favored by minus one and a half. They're traveling to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Atlanta. The over-under for this game is 49 and a half. Before I predict this game, I want to give my thoughts and prayers to Miles Garrett. He was in a car accident this week in Cleveland. So I pray for Miles Garrett, and, and my thoughts are with him and whoever was in that car accident with him, whoever was involved on in, in the other side as well. I, my thoughts and prayers are, are with your family. So Miles Garrett, everyone who was involved in that car crash, my thoughts and prayers are with everyone. And, it's, and his status for this game is unknown. Now, when I look at this game, I believe that the Cleveland Browns have a more complete football team than the Atlanta Falcons. I was impressed with the Cleveland Browns. Week three win over the Steelers. Even though the Steelers aren't very good, it's still the Browns. And I believe in order for the Browns to be successful, they have to establish the running game with their elite backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I thought they did just that in their week three win over the Steelers. In their week three win over the Steelers, the Browns, they had 171 rushing yards. And total yards, they had 376. So I believe in order to set up the pass for Jacoby Brissett, you have to have the rushing attack flowing for this Browns offense to be successful. I think the Browns take care of business in Atlanta. I'm rolling with the Browns to beat the Falcons. I'll go Browns 27, Falcons 17. AFC South battle in Indianapolis. Titans at Colts. Colts are favored by three and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Indy. The over-under for this game is 43 Colts are fresh off their biggest win of the season. They beat the Chiefs in week three, 20 to 17. That was a game that I predicted that the Colts would win. It was a must-win game. They had to win that game. They took care of business, beating Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in their week three matchup. In this matchup, I believe this is a game where the Colts should get Jonathan Taylor going because so far this season, the Colts have not been able to get Jonathan Taylor going. I mean, you look at Jonathan Taylor's numbers so far this season. He has 286 rushing yards, 61 carries. He's averaging 4.7 yards per carry, but he only has one touchdown. And I'm used to seeing on a week-to-week -week basis Jonathan Taylor have over 100 yards rushing per game. He's only had 286 rushing yards through three games. I expect that to change in this matchup against the Titans. I think Matt Ryan will outperform Ryan Tannehill. And I still believe that Matt Ryan is a quarterback in the NFL that you can win with. I said in the offseason when the Colts traded for Matt Ryan, I liked that move because I think you can get to the playoffs and possibly win a few playoff games with Matty Ice. 
Matty Ice already won an NFL MVP. He already has been to an NFL Super Bowl. So Matty Ice knows what it takes to win in the NFL. I don't believe in the Titans. We saw in week two, the Titans got blew off the field by the Buffalo Bills. It was a complete annihilation when the Bills blew out the, the Titans. Now, week three, they did bounce back and beat the Raiders, but the Raiders' defense is awful. <laughs> that Raiders' defense is terrible. So I, I can only give the Titans so much credit offensively because they went up against the Raiders' defense, and the Raiders' defense isn't very good. So I think the Colts are a better football team than the Tennessee Titans are. I think the Colts take care of business in Indy Sunday afternoon. I roll with the Colts to beat the Titans. 20 to 13. Commanders at Cowboys. Cowboys are favored by three and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Dallas. The over-under for this game is 41. It's the NFC East battle in Dallas. I was impressed with the Cowboys in their Monday night win against the Giants. I gotta be honest, Cooper Rush, he has impressed me. I've been surprised, but he has shown an ability to win football games. So far in his young career, Cooper Rush is 3-0 as a starter in the NFL. And what's great for the Cowboys is as long as Cooper Rush continues to win football games, Dak Prescott can continue to rehab that finger and come back when he's 100% healthy. If Cooper Rush was losing games, I'm pretty sure Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones would be rushing Dak Prescott back into the lineup and back on the field. But the more games that Cooper Rush wins, it gives Dak Prescott some time. And so far this season, I've been impressed with the Cowboys defense. I, they have they have done a great job so far this season. You know, defensively, they have... Michael Parsons, I think Michael Parsons is one of the best defensive players that we have in the NFL. They got Trayvon Diggs as well. And so I like this Cowboys defense. And week two, for them to hold the Bengals to under 20 points, that elite Bengals offense with their elite skill position players, that was impressive. That was impressive for the Cowboys. That was the, that like for them to do that, that was impressive. And then in week one, I thought the Cowboys' defense was sensational against the Bucs. The Bucs didn't score 20 points against the Cowboys' defense either. And we know they got elite weapons. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones. They got Tom Brady as their quarterback. I've been impressed with the Cowboys' defense so far this season. Two elite offenses in the Bengals and the Bucs, and neither offense scored 20 points against that Cowboys' defense. Impressive. I think they take care of business against Carson Wentz and the Commanders again on Sunday. And I think the Cowboys improve to 3-1 on the season. I roll with the Cowboys to beat the Commanders in Dallas. Cowboys 23, Commanders 16. Cardinals at Panthers. This is a former NFC Championship matchup. Panthers are favored by two points. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff in Carolina. The over-under for this game is 42 and a half. I think that the Panthers are going to take care of business in Carolina. I like for the Panthers to beat the Cardinals. I got Panthers 
17, Cardinals 14. Russell Wilson versus Derek Carr. Broncos at Raiders. Raiders are favored by two and a half points. It's a 425 p.m. kickoff in Las Vegas. The over-under for this game is 45 and a half. I think the Raiders win their first game of the season. I have had my questions about the Broncos offense so far this year. I know the Broncos are two and one, but I haven't been impressed with the Broncos offense so far this season. You look at what they've done so far in week one, they lost to the Seahawks. They only scored 16 points in that game Week two. The Broncos offense only had 16 points against the Texans and week three, they only scored 11 points against the 49ers. So they haven't even scored 20 points so far this season. We've been talking about the Buccaneers and their struggles offensively. The Broncos have looked just as bad as the Buccaneers. I'm not ready to give up on Russell Wilson. I still think Russell Wilson is an elite quarterback in the NFL, and I still believe you can win a Super Bowl with Russ. You look at his numbers so far this year, he only got two touchdowns, one interception, 743 passing yards. I expect Russ, as the season goes along, to play better. I expect this Broncos offense to play better as the season goes along. I like their rushing attack with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Your receivers, you got Jerry Judy, you got Cortland Sutton. So I think as the season goes along, I think the Broncos offense will get into a rhythm at some point. The Raiders, again, their issue is their defense. We know that offensively, led by Derek Carr, the weapons that he has to throw the ball to, you got Devontae Adams, you got Hunter Renfro, you got Darren Waller at tight end. Their offense isn't the problem. It's their defense that's been the issue for the Raiders so far this season. The Raiders' defense, they've given up over 21 points in the first three games this season. They they haven't had a game where they held a team under 21 points yet this season. But I do believe that this is the game where the Raiders get back on the right track and take care of business in Las Vegas and save their season. I roll it with the Raiders to beat the Broncos in a high-scoring affair, 31 28. Rams at 49ers. It's the NFC West battle in San Francisco. It's an 8.15 p.m. start on Monday Night Football. The over-under for this game is 42 points. 49ers are favored by one and a half in this game. For the Rams, after that awful week one performance against the Buffalo Bills, the Rams have bounced back. In week two, the Rams, they took care of business against the Falcons at home, 31-27. Week three, they beat the Cardinals 20-12. So they have bounced back. But this is going to be a great matchup between two NFC West teams. This is a rematch of last year's NFC Championship game. I'm excited for this matchup. I think this game could have major playoff implications as the season goes along. I think the 49ers actually take care of business on Monday night against the Rams. Even though I do believe that the Rams just slightly have a more complete football team than the 49ers, I think the 49ers beat the Rams Monday night in the Bay 27-24. Yeah, I know how I feel about Jimmy G. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is very good. 
But I do like the 49ers team. Now, week three, they were awful against the Denver Broncos. Only scored 10 points in that game. Uh, they were god-awful in that matchup. I mean, you look at the numbers for the 49ers offensively. Offensively, they only had 88 rushing yards, 179 passing yards. Now, again, they have Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. And watching that game, it showed me why head coach Kyle Shanahan and general manager John Lynch, it showed me why they wanted to turn the reins over to Trey Lance. Because there were two plays in that game where Jimmy Garoppolo lost the game for the 49ers. The 49ers, they were backed up in their own territory. And Jimmy Garoppolo takes a safety. For whatever reason, he drops back the pass and his foot hits the white paint. And it was a Dan Arlowski type of play. Like you have to have your football IQ high in that moment because you have to know I'm in my own end zone. If I step farther back, it's a great possibility that it's going to be a safety. And that two points is what costs the 49ers a chance to get a road win against the Denver Broncos. Jimmy G's football IQ, it's awful. It's awful. And it was awful on that play. And then later on in the game, despite the 49ers defense keeping them in the game all night long, Jimmy Grappolo in the 49ers offense, they get the ball back. They're driving down the field. The score is 11-10. So if you keep the ball and milk the clock, it's a great chance that if the 49ers kick a game-winning walk-off field goal, they could have beaten the Denver Broncos 13-11. to They were marching down the field, and Jimmy Grappolo, in typical form, throws an interception. Pass was intended for Debo Samuel. And we've seen this time and time again with Jimmy Garoppolo. This is why I don't believe the San Francisco 49ers can win a Super Bowl because they got Jimmy G as their quarterback. We saw in the Super Bowl a few years ago, the Niners, they were beating the Chiefs 20-10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter of that game. And Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs outscored the 49ers 21-0 in the fourth quarter. And they won the Super Bowl. In that game, Jimmy Garoppolo had a wide open Emmanuel Sanders for a game-winning touchdown. Overthrows him. Overthrows him. And then last year, it happened again in the NFC Championship game. 49ers, they were leading the Rams 17-7 going into the fourth quarter of that game. Matthew Stafford outscored Jimmy Garoppolo 13-0 in the fourth quarter. And the Rams beat the 49ers. 20 to 17, because when the chips were pushed to the front of the table, Jimmy Garoppolo did not come through for the San Francisco 49ers. And this is why I said with Trey Lance, that 49ers team has a higher ceiling because Trey Lance at his best is better than Jimmy Garoppolo is. I think he's going to be better than Jimmy G. So in this matchup, though, I do believe the 49ers take care of business against the Rams, but when I look at the 49ers overall this season, I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. I think they're going to be a playoff contender. They'll get into the playoffs. I want to be very, very clear about this. They will get into the postseason, but I don't believe that they are a true Super Bowl contender 
because they got Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. Let's transition to another big-time matchup in the AFC. It's the Buffalo Bills who are favored by three points, traveling to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. It's a 1 o'clock start in Baltimore. The over-under for this game is 51. Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. It doesn't get much better than that. This matchup is going to have major playoff implications. Let's start off with Josh Allen because I believe so far this season, Josh Allen has been sensational. Josh Allen so far this year, he has nine touchdowns, two interceptions. He has 1,014 passing yards. He's completing 71% of his passes. So last week, Josh Allen still had close to 500 passing yards. Like I looked at the statistics and I'm like, you look at the stats, the Bills won every major statistical category against the Dolphins last week. So even as good as the Miami Dolphins are, that game proved to me how good the Buffalo Bills are as well because they were competitive in that game and offensively, they still had close to 500 passing yards. Josh Allen had 400 passing yards in that game. That just shows you how good Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills offense is. Now, they only had 19 points in the game overall, but they are an elite football team. They are elite. Now, for the Baltimore Ravens, I think so far this season, Lamar Jackson has been sensational. He has 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, 749 passing yards. He's completing 64% of his passes. So I think Lamar Jackson is an early NFL MVP candidate, along with Josh Allen. So that's why I'm looking forward to the most in this game. We get two early MVP candidates going up against each other in Baltimore. Now, here's the difference for me. I don't believe in that Baltimore Ravens defense. These are not your father's Baltimore Ravens defensively. When I think about the Baltimore Ravens, I'm used to seeing the Ravens defensively being one of the best teams in the NFL. And honestly, the defense being the driving force of their team. In previous years, even when they won their Super Bowl, they had Terrell Suggs. They had Ray Lewis. They had Ed Reed. Now, this Ravens defense, to me, is one of the worst in the NFL. And they have been a team that has led with their defense. Now it's the other way around. The strength of the Baltimore Ravens is their offense led by Lamar Jackson. And the defense is the weakness of the team. You look at the Ravens defense so far this year. In week one, they only gave up nine points, but it was against the New York Jets. Not even going to talk about that game. Week two. The Miami Dolphins scored 42 on that Ravens defense. And the Ravens defense gave up 28 points in the fourth quarter of that game. They allowed Tua to have the best game of his career and have a come-from-behind victory over the Baltimore Ravens. That week two loss wasn't on Lamar Jackson. That was on that Ravens defense. So I, I want to see if this Ravens defense can improve as the season goes along. I have not been impressed with that Ravens defense. Now, the Ravens defensively, they are led by Mike 
McDonald. And they got some pieces on their defense that you could say they should be better. Defensively, they got Travis Jones up front. They got Calais Campbell as well at their linebacker spot. They got Patrick Quinn. They got Josh Baines in their secondary. You got Marcus Peters. You got Marcus Williams. You got Marlon Humphrey. I think this Ravens defense should be better than what they currently are. But this is why I believe the jo- that Josh Allen will have a better game than Lamar Jackson. Because their defense has given up so many points, I think that Bill's offense with Josh Allen and that passing offense is going to expose that Ravens secondary. I think Stephon Diggs, Ian McKenzie, Gabrielle Davis, I think they are going to expose Marlon Humphreys, Marcus Peters, Chuck Clark. I think they're going to win that matchup. And I think the Bills offense are are going to put up some points against that Ravens defense. I saw this morning on first take, they were debating on who's going to have the better game, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. I think Josh Allen's going to have the better game. Also, crazy as it sounds, I think this is a must win for the Bills. Because for the Bills, you start off the season 2-0. They go to L.A. and they dominate the defending Super Bowl champions in week one. Completely manhandled the Rams. Week two, they dominate the Tennessee Titans. And so after week two, I saw folks ready to just announce that, oh, the Buffalo Bills, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Let's go ahead and crown them. Super Bowl champions after two weeks. And I said, pump the brakes. Let's see how good they are when they play the Dolphins in week three in Miami. They lost that game. And so in this matchup, you're going up against the Baltimore Ravens, who are also two and one. They also are a legit contender in the AFC. So it's amazing because when you look at the Bills, after starting off the season at two and oh, They could easily be 500 after this game against the Ravens Sunday because they could easily lose this game. And then they'll be two and two going into a pivotal week five matchup against the Steelers, a game that they should win. But I'm just saying, I thought after week two, I saw people ready to crown the Bills Super Bowl champs. Bills Mafia was ready to say that they are going to win the Super Bowl and there's nothing that you can say to change their minds. And so if they lose this game against the Ravens on Sunday, they'll be 2-2 two and two on the season. I look at the Ravens and what they're trying to do right now in the AFC North. I think that the Ravens have more margin for error than the Buffalo Bills do because in the AFC North, if the Bills lose tonight and they're 1-3, Browns, they're not going to get Deshaun Watson back until Week 12. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they are one of the worst teams in the AFC. So I think Baltimore, moving forward, they have a more margin for error than the Buffalo Bills do because the Miami Dolphins, they have arrived. They have arrived. So I think the Buffalo Bills, they're in a dogfight with the Miami Dolphins in the AFC East. Right now, I think the Baltimore Ravens are definitively the best team in the AFC North. I can say that definitively. So I think this game is a must win for the Buffalo Bills. I'm picking the Buffalo Bills to beat the
the Baltimore Ravens 30 to 27. I think Josh Allen will outlast Lamar Jackson, and I think the Bills win in walk-off fashion in Baltimore. Let's transition to another big-time matchup, Sunday Night Football. Patrick Mahomes, favorite by one and a half at Buccaneers. 820 kickoff in Tampa. The over-under for this game, 45. Patrick Mahomes has never beaten Tom Brady in his career. Chiefs, they lost last week to the Indianapolis Colts, a game that I picked them to lose. That was a must-win for the Colts. In the second half, that Chiefs offense, they were awful. They only scored three points in the second half after scoring 14 points in the first half. We've seen this happen with the Chiefs in games prior. It happened last year in a regular season matchup against the Bengals. Sometimes there are, there are times where the Chiefs offense is firing on all cylinders and they're unstoppable. Sometimes they go cold and they, they, they can't get a rhythm offensively. That's what happened in the second half against the Colts last week. The Chiefs, three points in the second half. They struggled to move the ball. You saw Patrick Mahomes arguing with Eric Bielemi, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I want to see offensively if the Chiefs can get back on the right track. In that week one matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, it looked like the Kansas City Chiefs were going to have the best offense in the NFL. Week one against the Cardinals, they put up 44. Week two against the Chargers, they put up 27 points. So it looked like, led by Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, it looked like the Chiefs were going to have the best offense in the NFL in the first two weeks. And then in week three, that coach defense, they held that Chiefs offense in check. They really, really did. You look at Patrick Mahomes so far this season. Eight touchdowns, one interception, 857 passing yards. So along with Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes is an early NFL MVP candidate. He's been sensational so far this season. He just wasn't very good in the second half against the Colts. On the flip side, Tom Brady and that Buccaneers offense, they've struggled so far this season. Brady's numbers, three touchdowns, one interception. 673 passing yards. And so far this season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensively, they haven't scored more than 20 points. Not one time so far. They had 19 against the Cowboys in week one. They had 20 against the Saints in week two. Only 12 against the Packers in week three. They haven't scored over 20 points yet this season. And we know offensively, they got elite weapons in Mike Evans, in Chris Godwin, who's been injured. They also got Julio Jones, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You got Leonard Fournette in the backfield. We know Leonard Fournette is a reliable back that you can hand the football off to, and you still got Tom Brady. Now, the issue has been, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the injuries. Offensive tackle, Josh Wills, he's been injured. Offensive tackle, Donovan Smith, also has been dealing with some injuries. Hakeem Hicks, their defensive end, has been injured as well. So this Buccaneers team overall has been dealing with a lot of injuries in the early part of the season. I think as the season goes along, I think that the Buccaneers will get healthy and they will be able to play complementary football. 
You got Leonard Fournette as your running back who you can hand the football off to. And then at your receivers, you got Mike Evans, a top 10 receiver, and Tom Brady is flinging the football. So I think the Buccaneers offense will get into a rhythm as the season goes along. I think the Buccaneers defensively have zero weaknesses. I saw the Packers put up 14 points in the first half in their week three matchup against the Bucs. They didn't score a single point in the second half against that Bucs defense. That Bucs defense led by Todd Bowles. Up front, you got Vita Vea. You got William Golson. You got Devin White at linebacker. Levante David at linebacker. In your secondary, you got Jamel Dean. You got Antoine Winfield. You got Mike Edwards, Carlton Davis. I think defensively, the Bucs have the best defense in the NFL. I, as a Packers fan, watching that matchup last week, it showed me that the Buccaneers from top to bottom have the most complete team in the NFC. They might have the most complete team in the NFL overall. That's how loaded the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. Seriously. And even as a Packers fan, I'm watching the game and I'm thinking, this Buccaneers team from top to bottom is more complete than the Packers are. They are. They're a more complete football team. So I think as the season goes along, Buccaneers, they get a couple players back healthy. I think the Buccaneers will hit their stride towards the middle of the season and towards the end of the season. But I am going to roll with the Chiefs to beat the Buccaneers in Tampa. I think Patrick Mahomes wins his first matchup against Tom Brady in Tampa. I got Chiefs 24, Bucks 20. The Patriots at Packers. The Packers are favored by 10 points in this game. It's a 425 kickoff at Lambeau Field. The over-under for this game is 40 points. Mac Jones will not play for the win the Patriots. He's dealing with the high ankle sprain. So it's going to be Brian Hoyer at quarterback for the Patriots. I think the Packers take care of business at Lambeau Field at home. I think the Packers beat the Patriots. I'll go Packers 31, Patriots 17. I think the Packers have their best offensive performance so far this season and take care of business in Green Bay. I did like hearing Aaron Rodgers give Bill Belichick his credit and saying that he's the best head coach of all time. He said he's, he said he's the he's the best head coach in NFL history. And you saw Bill Belichick acknowledge Aaron Rodgers and say Rodgers has no weaknesses at quarterback. So I'm looking forward to seeing the matchup, Aaron Rodgers going up against Bill Belichick's defense. Because I think the only chance that the Patriots have in this game is to play great defense, contain Aaron Rodgers, slow down the rushing attack with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and force the Packers to be one-dimensional and have Brian Hoyer make two or three throws to steal this game in the fourth quarter. That's the only chance that I give the Patriots. I think the Packers are the lock of the weekend, and I think they are going to take care of business at Lambeau Field. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram with these guys. No sports. That was my NFL week four wise picks. Don't forget tonight we got Dolphins, Bengals, 8.15 p.m. start on 
Amazon Prime Video. You can catch the game. It's going to be live here at Paycar Stadium. It's an all-white stadium tonight for the Bengals at Paycar Stadium. So it's going to be a whiteout tonight in Cincinnati, in the Queen City. It's going to be it's great weather here. The the weather here in Cincinnati right now currently is 67 degrees. It's going to be clear tonight. So again, like I said earlier, I expect the Dolphins to beat the Bengals 24-21, but I do expect Tua Tagovailoa and Joe Burrow both to have big nights and have over 200 yards passing tonight. I'm Trey Larkins on the Worldwide Sports Network on Wise Guys Sports. I'm signing off. Everyone, enjoy NFL Week 4 and enjoy college football on Saturday as well. Have a good one. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.